What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to The Missing Piece. Today, talking about one of my favorite topics, and that topic is the work isn't what I thought it was, all right? And to set the stage, um, earlier this year, we had an event. We had a live event. So if you know, maybe you don't know, what I do for a living is I have an online coaching business. So we coach people from all across the country via you know, our online curriculums and apps and communication and all that good stuff, how to get in shape, how to integrate food and nutrition and workouts into their lifestyle. And earlier this year, we had a live event. So people came in from all across the country, 50 people in total. Um, the whole team that we built that helps us service these clients, all of our awesome clients. And we're giving, what we're doing is I'm giving an in-depth approach to all of the principles that we teach online. And a lot of it, as you might imagine, goes, you know, well beyond fitness and goes, you know, I guess the philosophical route, <laughs> you know, a lot of mindset stuff. And so it, it was kind of a crazy moment because a year before I had like beta tested this this concept of doing a live event and there's like six people and me at a conference room table. And so uh, here I am, I kind of built my own stage, so to speak. And it's it's maybe a version of myself that my younger self maybe never believed I thought was possible. And as I get up there and I speak and I share, I look around, I'm like, man, afterwards, I'm like, dude, this this wasn't hard. <laughs> I wasn't nervous. You know, I was just simply sharing frameworks uh, that I'd learned or created over the years as I navigated all the challenges of business and life. And there's a group that I'm in, uh, a, a mastermind group. And as a as a practice to learn how to communicate succinctly, when we meet up, we give six-word updates. So the week after my event, my update for the group was, the work isn't what I thought. And what I meant by that was, when I first had this thought of presenting to people, of being on stage, um, I, I almost pictured it like presenting a thesis, like there would be all-nighters and hours and hours of typing and editing and revisions, you know? Um, in other words, I thought the work was in the doing, you know? I thought the work was in the doing. Uh, I thought the quality of the work was directly related to the quantity of doing. The more keystrokes, the more hours staring at a screen, the better my work would be. And in the end, the material I presented, first of all, was one of my favorite creative pursuits that I've ever done. But there were no all-nighters. There was no frustrating hours of writer's blocks. There was no endless rounds of edits. You know, in fact, the total time that I spent like sitting at my com computer putting that presentation together was probably less than three hours. It wasn't much. And, you know, I started to question as I'm going in, as I am getting ready to present, I'm not nervous, but I'm starting to think, did I not work hard? Did I half-ass this? You know, I'm starting to question like, man, this really didn't feel that hard. That feels wrong. But no, it, it's not that I didn't work. It's just that the work was different than I thought. You know, the work was in a decade plus of conversations with clients where I'm listening to them. I'm doing my damnedest to understand them, to understand their problems, how I can serve them, how I can help them with their problems. It's decades worth of self-reflection. Really that by that point, probably about 10 years of, of self-reflection myself where I'd really gone down this philosophical rabbit hole where I was doing my damnedest to understand myself, <laughs> to understand life, to understand what was important to me, to create frameworks to help me navigate life. And the real work wasn't in hours and hours and hours typing it out at the computer. The real work was in pulling it all together. It was like, how can I take what I've done, 
organize my thoughts, distill it into frameworks that are usable for my audience, you know? And so the work, as opposed to just being like doing, 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 it was often thinking. It was grabbing little pieces of thoughts and jotting them down on sloppy notes on legal pads. It was what I call thought incubation, which is thinking about a problem, thinking about something I want to communicate, but not having the words for it. And rather than just like staring at a screen, going for a walk. So you think about the problem, then you go for a walk. Um, It's going back and referencing all the other stuff that I used to learn these frameworks and going back and referencing other people's works that I studied. That was a lot of the work. And it kind of morphed into an outline over a cup of coffee one day over just the course of like five minutes, like literally in between sets. I'm in the garage in the morning, lifting, drinking coffee, and just going over this shit, which is lifting weights while you think about stuff is another form of thought incubation. And all of a sudden I'm like, boom, I got the outline. I know how it's going to flow. And I just jotted it down. Um, and, and that was that. There was my outline. And then once I had the outline, I looked at it a few more times, looked at, okay, where do I need to fill in some gaps, that sort of thing. And then when I was ready, it all poured out of my brain in about 45 minutes. You know, I just sat at my computer, it all just came out and, you know, it wasn't done. Like I tinkered after that. I rearranged some stuff, reorganized it, omitted some stuff, added some stuff, but that's, I mean, it wasn't much. Like that was it. The the quote unquote real work was only about 45 minutes, but there was just you know, obviously a decade's worth of research went into it. Um, but all sorts of just thinking, pulling threads and and trying to figure out what am I going to communicate? What, what do I want to share? What do I want to communicate? What do I want them to take away from it? Now, why do I share that story with you? What does it have to do with fitness? What does it have to do with anything I talk about in this podcast? I share the story with you because work is often romanticized. You know, effort and hard work, I should say, are often romanticized. It's like as it's as if all success is the product of just backbreaking work. Like you just can't have it any other way. And it's what it is. It's a, it's a blunt force approach. You know, it's like, hey, there's only one way to approach this problem, and that's to blast through it. And I see this in fitness all the damn time. I see this in fitness all the time where hard work is is really put on a pedestal, certainly on social media circles where people talk about grinding and discipline and willpower. And I just hate that shit because that's not the work. The work is different than you think. And the problem is when you get stuck there, when you start romanticizing work and romanticizing effort, you get stuck almost like this efficiency mindset. And this could happen one of two ways, right? It could start with your workout and then bleed out in your life or the efficiency mindset bleeds in at work and and, and then you you take it on your workouts where you start thinking like, man, I got to do more just for the sake of doing more, right? We start thinking we have to be producing every single second of every single day. And the bigger problem is that when we think every second has to be used to produce, has to be used to seek more, we actually lose a bit of our humanity, right? We forget that music is just as much, is just as much about the rhythm and the rest in between notes as it is about playing the notes themselves. We get caught on this endless treadmill of hard is good, so harder must be better. More is good, so if we're not increasing, we're decreasing. And that, my friends, is a recipe for disaster. It's a recipe for constant dissatisfaction, for constantly moving goalposts, and constantly putting out a lot of effort and not getting what you back, what you want back in return. And when you do that, when you lose, when you become more machine than human, you forget to have fun. 
And you forget why you ever started going to the gym in the first place. You forgot why you ever loved your job in the first place. You forgot why you ever wanted a family in the first place when you feel like everything has to be done for production and efficiency purposes. And so when I work with clients, dude, I love to see them produce. I do. I love to see their numbers go up in the gym. I love celebrating scale victories with them. I love seeing the before and after pictures. I love watching the waist measurement go down and the shoulder and arm measurements go up on these guys. And I love to celebrate the process with them. I love to watch I love to watch these guys execute the process. But more than that, if the process in the gym, in the meal prep and all that stuff, if that's playing the notes, more than that, I love to see the pause between the notes. I like to hear guys say, dude, I was more confident at the pool this weekend at the age of 40 than I was at the age of 20. I love to hear guys saying, I'm dating my wife again. Like we're excited. Our marriage had become, you know, stale and sort of an obligation. And now it's fun and the fire is back. I love to hear guys say they are re-engaged with their work. Like they found their fire there. I love to hear more than anything, guys connecting with their kids, right? And they're seeing them as the blessing that they are. And not this like, oh man, my kids is another to-do list in a life full of endless obligations. And so- when I say that the work isn't what I thought it was, what it, what that means in fitness is everyone thinks that the work to get in shape is the workouts, the meal prep, the cardio, the grinding. But to be honest, that's just all pretty easy. The real work is in shifting your lens. The real work is in defining the life that you want to live. The real work is in shifting from luxury to priority. What I mean by that is when you decide the kind of life you want to live, a lot of us think, man, it would be nice to have that one day. It would be nice to exist that way one day. But shifting from luxury to priority means, or luxury to even responsibility is saying, dude, I have one life. I have one shot to create this vision. And every day that I don't spend building this vision and becoming who I am meant to become, who I am capable of becoming, is a day I have squandered the gift of life. Okay, so it's not a luxury to go work out. It's not a luxury to watch what you eat. It's a fucking responsibility. And when you shift your lens that way, now you can create a plan to build, right? To build that version of yourself and to put build in the quality of work instead of just the quantity of work. You can build a plan that gets you where you want to go faster and not have to, you know, lash yourself on the back because you just feel like more is better. And when you do that, when you have that plan in place to work smarter, you can use your gym time wisely so that you can get back to life outside of the gym and enjoy those moments that are so important to you. So let me put this another way. The real work to get in shape is internal. It's about deciding what you want and about deciding how you're going to live. And how, more importantly, not only how are you going to live, but how are you going to perceive the world in your place in it? And when you do that, the external work of changing habits, making shit happen, it just tends to take care of itself. It really does. So the work isn't what you think it is. The work isn't in the endless you know, morning cardio sessions and freaking cooking five pounds of protein a week. Yes, you will do that, but that's easy. The hard part is deciding that you are going to live this way. You will not accept less than the standard for yourself and you are going to take up space in this world in the way that you are meant to, in the way that you are capable of. And so... On that note, I myself, I'm going to take a little pause between the notes here. Um, this is going to be my, my last podcast for a few months. I'm going to take the summer off. I put in 
shit, I don't know, 150, 200, I don't even know, podcasts since the end of 2020. And I have a few big projects I want to knock out this summer. And so I need to create the space to do that. My number one priority is always going to be my coaching community. And so I do have an amazing curriculum that we are revamping and rolling out to, to the folks there this summer. And then in addition to that, I'm writing a book as we speak and really want to push it to get published by the end of the year. So I'm going to take 12 mo- or twelve weeks, sorry, focus on that. And we'll be back with a podcast somewhere around Labor Day. Now, all that being said, I'm not going completely dark on social media. It's just the podcast does take a ton of creative outlet and energy that I'm going to put towards my clients and towards my book right now. So if you do want to keep up with me, head on over to goodshit.info. You can grab my Instagram from there. Instagram is the best place. So if you want to keep up, go to the goodshit.info. A, there's a form on there. It says like get with the program or something. You can jump into our metaphysique program. That would be the number one, obviously best way to keep up with what I'm doing because you will be experiencing my curriculum in real time. Um, but if you're you know, real voyeuristic and you just want to peep it from the outside, all good, man. Connect with me on Instagram, paul.ligzo, and that's also linked up on the goodshit.info. So on that note, thank you for listening. Much love, and I'll be back in a few short months with a whole new attitude and a whole new perspective on life. We'll talk soon.